Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there and welcome to a special edition of the League One podcast from Look Sports Media. I'm your host, Ollie Nixon, and I'm delighted to say that after a barren slate of League One fixtures this weekend, the producers felt it was time to shine a light on one of the surprise packages of the season, the team that belied many pre-season predictions of being relegation candidates. It can, of course, only be Steve Evans' shithousing Reds, Steamage FC. Now... Regular listeners will be well aware that on the pod, we're quite well stacked when it comes to Steve Edge opinion, with myself and the wonderful Owen, ensuring that you all get your weekly dose of Borough Talk. However, in order to fully do this deep dive justice, we've had to enlist the help of two more experts in all things Steve Edge. Firstly, we welcome the host of the Steve Edge FC podcast and possibly the most positive person you're ever likely to listen to, Matt Farley. How are you, Matt? Yeah, look, Ollie, thanks for having me on, mate. It's an um, absolute pleasure to come on here and, and talk about kind of, you know, our success uh, at the minute. Um, so, no, look, thanks for having me on. Yeah, most positive person you'll probably ever meet in your life. But, you know what, solid. We'll roll with it. But, no, look, it's um, it's great to be here. It's great to be here with some, with some cracking individuals. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the chat this evening. It's going to be good fun. <laughs> now, I know plenty of people are expecting Steve Mitch to be in the bottom half of the table. But surely even you, in your most positive of mindsets, would not have expected us to be fourth after 18 games. Do, do you know what? So prior to the season, I got asked many, we got, well, we got asked many questions this on the podcast of, you know, where, where do you think we're going to finish, et cetera? And I think like the, the realistic mindset coming in was stay up, sustain at League One, get over that 50 point mark. But you know what, when I um, said to the guys actually on the pod, when the fixtures come out, I said, don't be surprised if after 20 games, Stephen is just sitting in the top seven, you know, the way the fixtures have fallen, the recruitment we've done, but don't be surprised. But yeah, look, it's it's surreal. And it to be fourth and, and three points off second and four off top. Yeah, it's, it, it's unreal. But look, even even me, I did, I did say if they can have the start with the fixtures, don't be surprised top seven. But yeah, look, it's, um, it's unreal to be there, isn't it? There you go. I heard it here first. If, if even if even Mr. Positive can't <laughs> guarantee it, then no one expects it. So. Top seven, but... <laughs> well, of course, for every football fan that harbours dreams of promotion every year like Matt, there needs to be some doom mongers too. And so here to help us keep, keep firmly on the ground is the host of another Steve Rich podcast. Yes, there's two. Um, he's the host of the excellent Borough Pod. Welcome to Look Sports Media, Nate. Cheers. Uh, yeah, good to good good to be here, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How how, how long how long have you been a Borough fan, mate? Uh, I don't even know what the year is now. Uh, fourteen years, fourteen fifteen okay. years. My my first Stevenage game was uh, the first uh, first trophy to be won at the uh, the new Wembley, um, and then I didn't come again for a couple of years. I just sort of went with a mate who was a Stevenage fan. 
Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I started going right at the beginning of the season that, uh, that we, we won the conference and came up into the Football League. My first game, at least the first game that I remember at Broadway, was uh, a one-all draw with Tamworth. Oh, oh, how far we've come. <laughs> the glory days are. Really weirdly, I kind of associated a bit of your uh, downbeat nature um, by the fact that you perhaps, like me, had seen some of the real dark, shitty days, but you jumped in at some decent times. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I, I jumped in and, and things were immense for the first few years you know the first sort of three seasons I was like I've really lucked into it here and then you know we had did have a decade of possibly the bleakest football imaginable I mean just think football under Darren Saul was gross Dino Marmaria I mean I mean he he we had games where the weather beat us um uh Paul Tisdale most of the Wesley era's I mean, like he had a really good phase, and he came back for the third stint, and then you know it was good, got us to the playoffs, and then he wasn't retained. And then the fourth time he came back was just woeful. The only good game in that stint was a four nil drub in the Cambridge. Um, other we than that, it was Cambridge. pretty. We always yeah. beat Cambridge, so exactly. So you can't even put it, you you can't put it <laughs> down to to uh, to Wesley, can you? It's, that was all about Dabo. Um, yeah. but, uh, do, do, do you know what? Saying that, I, I remember standing there at the at the uh, conference playoff semi final when Rendell scored in the last minute. So every time we beat Cape, oh, no, I remember being I remember being a boy in tears at that game with my dad. And I still remember it to this day. So every time we beat Cambridge, even this season with Jamie Rennell, I'll always remember that moment of when Rendell scored yeah. the winner. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that, yeah. Whenever, whenever anyone asks sort of my sort of least favourite moments in football, yeah. that, is, that, is, that moment is but, straight. Do you know what? Coincidentally, I know it's really sad that it happened, but I always say to people, I, I actually think that was the makings of the promotions because I think that moment when Rendell tapped it in in the 120th minute actually made that success for years after. It was that kind of a... Um, Kind of bit of needle to really give the team a kick up the arse to go and do it after all the years, do you know what I mean? So it's a bit of bittersweet, I guess, but yeah, yeah. I'm too young to remember that, so yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's, it's been nothing but glory for Owen. Well, I've, I kind of well, not I've really, mentioned, I've mentioned you already, but it'd be rude not yeah. to say hello. I mean, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, I was gonna say because I, I, I think I started um 2011 12 is I think I went to a couple of games when you like, you know, we go to the football club. And you do like the the, the gap, the ring of honor or the uh, the guard of honor thing. Uh, but my first game I remember was like 2013 14, that season when we went down bottom of the league in League One. Um, and it was just like, and it was Sheffield United, it was near Christmas. Harry Maguire was playing for Sheffield United and he was still shit then. So, <laughs> there we go. Um, but like, I've seen I've seen some of the best, I've seen some of the great moments. I think the one I always remember is first time I've seen Tiger Holder. Um, with that Luton game when we scored in the was it nearly 90th minute, and I can still see in every clip, I can see myself just running to the corner flag as like a like an eight nine year old just running to the corner flag. But yeah, some of that season, the nineteen twenty season, was just I always mm. I've, I've, I say this when I've been in numerous spaces and like I go back to them and say we should have been a national league club and now we're a, we never know we could be championship next year. It's just mental for me to think that. Just whisper it very very quietly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I should mention at this point that our lead producer is a Lincoln fan, and so we have been contractually obliged not to mention Saturday's game in too much detail. Um, well, sorry, but, you mean Stephen is one Lincoln nil? Oh, I do. I, it's funny you say that actually. I mean, <laughs> I, 
what, what, what are our thoughts on the game? Pretty scrappy um, first half. Good win. Bloody good win. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think... oh, sorry, go on, I Go on. Yeah, I was just saying, it's, it's, it's one of those games where you're like, we didn't really play the greatest in the first half. We stepped up in the second. But it's those games where, like, you look back at the end of the season when that's how mm. a team went up because they got those crucial wins when they have been the greatest. Well, it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? I mean, first yeah. half, very competitive. Um, probably didn't have the best of halves. Um, I think I think it's a fair assessment. Although, although you, you kind of had a feeling that when we got into the second half of things that we'd probably take over. I, I remember saying at half-time, I think the changes at half-time or whoever comes on is going to win us the game, the subs. And it, and I think that was very evident when we brought JFC, when we brought Ben Thompson on, seemingly just changed the game completely. And, you know, I thought um, I thought second half, we, we were great. We took control of the game. We turned the switch, turned it on, hit the post twice, scored. Um, yeah, look, it's a typical League One game. I, I, I've got a friend who's... Um, a Lincoln fan, and he, he's very big in kind of like the YouTube podcast and thing. Does a lot of the a uh, lot of stuff on YouTube, and I went to meet him before the game, and they're they're not a bad side. They've had quite a lot of injuries, and and they're not a bad side. Lincoln, they've missed um, a lot of threat in the final third. They've got Tyler Walker, who was a great player for us, who had done good things for them. So you know, Lincoln are a capable side. I I thought they'd be up in the top top 10, top 12 at the end of the season, got side Lincoln. So, you know, the way that we turned it on second half, I thought was um, was really, really impressive. And let all the good sides find a way to win. And, you know, we did that Saturday. So, yeah, look, game of two halves. But um, look, come away, another clean sheet, nine clean sheets now. I'm blooming excellent, isn't it? Let's be honest. I still remember Jay, uh, Tyler Walker. I, I remember when he, when he because um, he came for us on loan from Forest and it was mm. Bulls Forest, wasn't it? Good player. And it was... And it was um, we, it was on the eve of the Plymouth game, it was a Friday night in January, and then he got recalled. I was, I remember, I was in service station getting some dinner, and I just, and I just, and I looked to my phone and said, and my dad showed me that Tyler Walker's mm. gone, and and I felt really, really annoyed because I was like, oh, I thought, oh, we just got to League One side, and then a couple of weeks later, he turned up at like, was it Mansfield? It yeah, it, well, I think I think he went because um, he has played for Lincoln before, so it, like, he was on loan for Lincoln and. He did really well for Lincoln. Kind of similar form to us, maybe, probably a bit better. So um, he's been there before. He's been on loan. He was at Coventry, wasn't he? And then, and then I don't know what happened. I think some of the Lincoln fans said he was recalled when he was Lincoln, when he was with Lincoln or something like that. But, yeah, look, good player, man. Very good player. You knew he was going to go and play probably a, probably a league high when he was with us, didn't we? So, yeah, it's a play. You know, he's injured. Lincoln have got a good side. They'll, they'll do all right this season. So, yeah, to win 1-0. Um, yeah, good three points Saturday. I think good three points. How, how did you see it, mate? Yeah, the, first, the like Matt said, it was definitely was a game of two halves. You know, uh, Link, Lincoln had two-thirds of the ball in the first half. We couldn't get near it. Our, our midfield was just completely completely overrun the midfield sort of three I know we were sort of playing a diamond but Roberts very, plays very high a lot of the time so McDonald Burns and um, Freeman were just overrun by uh, Sorensen Hamilton uh, Aaron and uh, Burrows um, particularly I thought I thought that Hamilton had a great great first half and Sorensen just absolutely tortured uh, Butler down there down down their right flank um, and I thought that we we were in trouble. Um, 
They didn't create a hell of a lot in the final third. A lot of the crosses were sort of overhit or they didn't manage to work like a decent sort of ball into the box and had to sort of recycle play and come again. Um, but they, um, I thought I th- they were all over us. Um, I thought we might get lucky and hit them on the break. And, you know, that sort of did transpire a couple of times where we had a couple of decent sort of attacking opportunities, but we couldn't really, just like Lincoln, we couldn't fashion anything into like a really good opportunity. Uh for Reed or Hemmings. Um, and obviously the second half, the second half happened um, and it was the changes at half time. obviously bringing Forster Kasky and Thompson on at half time completely changed the complexity of the game. I think they stepped up and the way they took the game to the midfield uh, just completely flipped the game on its head. And Sorensen was barely involved in the second half. Um, I mean, he had I'd, hardly any touches in the second half. Um, trying to see it now. I did have it up on screen a minute ago, and it's gone. It's, it's, it's weird, that, isn't it? Because um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't associate either Thompson or Borkowski with you know with defensive solidity. So the fact they came mm. on and short up, obviously, obviously we saw more of the ball, but you would almost think that they're less defensive than the, the midfield we had. Um, well, I don't, I don't think it's this. I mean, McDonald and Freeman are, are primarily attacking-minded midfielders. So there's only really Burns that you can say was a was a defensive midfielder. I think Force Kask is that sort of quarterback-style midfielder where you, you you give him the ball and you play everything through him. And you know that that was certainly the case in that in our second half. But I think Freeman as a Freeman this season so far has had a bit of a habit of going missing at times. He'll pop up with some nice play here and there, but every game so far that he's played, other than a couple of games when he's come on as a sub, or he's played right back, which I think actually all of his best games have been from right back, except for maybe when he played against Orient away. Um, but he's he's not been nearly as as effective um, in that sort of more, his more traditional sort of role for us, I think. Um It'll be interesting to see how much that changes. Um, but I mean, sorry, going back to Sorrenton, you know, the, the, the fact that we we managed to, we sort of turned, like I said, we turned things on its head and really worked that midfield a lot harder. Um, and Sorrenton had half the touches in the second half that he'd had in the first half. Um, Butler was able to push higher and that really stops their main out. Everything they did positive in the first half, nearly everything they did positive, came down that right flank of theirs. Um, they attacked a lot down our uh, down their left as well in that first half. You know they did try and spread it around, but all of the positive stuff was happening over on the right. Um, they they fashioned very few good chances from the left. Um, I just I, I was amazed, frankly, that we in that second half that we didn't we didn't win by more than more than just that single mm. goal. Uh, and you can put that a bit down to the fact that uh, their defense had a really—I thought their defense had a really good good day. You know, yeah. it was a—it was a—it was a very unlucky and sort of fortuitous goal that that they conceded. You know, it, a bit of pinball in the box and Jamie Reed just pokes it in. Um, Ioma had an f- epic first half, um, just just ruined everyone that went near him. Just no one could beat him. And the occasion when uh, I think it was Listy got around him. He recovered and won the ball back and cleared cleared his lines. I think one thing that Lincoln do very well, which is 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 a mark of a lot of teams in uh, League One, is they play out from the back very well. They don't panic 
sorry, where we saw last season a lot of our success, particularly high up the field, came from pressing high, winning the ball and fashioning a shot. Not not a goal always. In fact, more than often not a goal. Um, but we won the ball high up a lot last season. We're doing it a lot less a lot less this season, and that's because they're a lot more efficient at playing the ball out from the back. They just don't teams just don't panic. And I think Mitchell Jackson, Andy Omer, um all, all through the game did that superbly, really, really well. What are you guys' thoughts on the? Because I know, I know it's not the the biggest the the biggest teams of things, but those penalty decisions near the end, obviously on the, near the first half, because some of them I feel like could could probably should have been given, but obviously in, in the end it didn't really matter. But what, what what's your thoughts on? on uh, those? It, you see the penalties now. Look, look, we've had. There's been so many, right? There's been so many. And don't get me wrong, we've had some on the other end where you look at the challenge against the Port Valens. You know, there's been some that could have been given against us as well. But you know, you know what? I think I think Steve's reiterated this. I, I think the things with the penalties, look, the, ref, the referees this season, um, and I think Steve spoke about this, there's obviously a lot more pressure on these referees this season. There's been a few changes in regulations and there's been few changes in the FA this season and there's a lot more pressure on referees. So things with penalties, we saw a bit of it last season, but this season it's been so bad, some of the officiating and some of the decisions in some of these games. With me, I've got to the point now where I don't even care anymore. And if it's given, it's given. And if it's not, it's not because they've been so bad. So even with some of these decisions Saturday, I'd say this to the chaps that sit around me, they happen now and I'm in the mindset of if they get given, they get given. It, it, it's been so bad for, I mean, what, we've played 18 games and there's been so many poor decisions in, in, in either box in games. And it's, and it's got to a point now where with penalty decisions now, it's you come away from a game and it's almost like, oh, we should have had a penalty there, we should have had a penalty there. So... You know, I, when, when it comes to talking about penalties, etc., in in our games anymore, I'm just kind of in the mindset of if they're given, they're given; if they're not, they're not. I, it, it's been so bad this season that, and and by the way, it's from other teams as well. I, I know we've had a lot. Um, when you speak to other people who support other sides in this division, th- there's been so many other bad ones as well. So I, I think it's just an example of of that, really. Um, I, I'd I'd say that I'd say that the the two penalty decisions I can think of in the game, um, TVC absolutely got got lucky. He um, right right at the beginning, you know, he full he pulled he pulled his lad down and somehow got given got given a free kick. It, it was abysmal defending. We don't I don't say that lightly because TVC is a fantastic yeah. player. He he pulled him he pulled, he got turns and he pulled him down. Luther. Got a yellow card for much the same sort of tackle later on that in the second, uh, yeah, in the second half because the ball dropped. He 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 did the thing that defenders shouldn't do. He let the ball bounce. CVC did it. Luther did it. They let the ball bounce. They were lazy. They got done, and then they just tripped tripped the man up. It was yeah. it was it was. I, I agree with you. The, um, I, I agree with you on the TVC one. Yeah. He was very lucky. It was very similar to the one he gave away against um, Northampton last season. It was. Mm. Um, and it was a similar sort of time. It was a couple of minutes in, not like 25 seconds in. But um, I think the Jamie, with the Jamie Reid ch- ch- shout, my initial, my initial feeling was that it's a penalty. 
it's probably the only thing Ioma did in the entire game that was really bad. Jamie Reed managed manages to turn him, and Ioma's just got his arm around him, like arms around him from behind, and he's just stopping Reed from moving. Reed sort of drops to his knees and tries to sort of buy the penalty. And I think that in that circumstance, it's a little bit cynical. It's no more cynical than what he did by going down, I suppose. But, like, it was a foul. But we've seen referees not giving those all season long so far. You've got to be a bit smarter about it. If if Reed is stamping into the ground, shake, trying to shake the man off, trying to make it very physically clear he's holding me and not letting me go, I think the referee, he, he makes the referee have to make that decision. You know, it's a little bit, it's not so much simulation because he is being fouled, but he's very, he needs to really exaggerate the fact that Lad's got hold of him and he cannot move. He needs to make it clearer. Just dropping to your knees is not going to cut it. Um, so I feel a bit, I feel a bit aggrieved, like for Reedy, because I feel like he needs to do more in that circumstance to make it clear to the referee that he's being fouled. Because I mean, it was a foul all day long, and the referee and the particularly the liner, the, how the yeah, liner going to say the lines and not give it is is absolutely shocking. But I think in this day and age, with these decisions being so regularly ignored by these officials. You have to help them out, and by and by doing that, make it so patently obvious that you're being fouled, that the ref has no no choice at all, at the very least, to stop play and have a word with the lino. Is it a, is it a penalty? I don't like. I'd be absolutely happy if the ref blows up to make it to be able to make a decision and see. Okay, is that a foul, or do we need to? Do something else here. If it's not a foul, you you mm. drop ball and you you give it to the team, the team that's defending. Away you go. I'd be absolutely fine with that. You need to be able to make those decisions. Stop play. Have a quick word with your lino. It might be a bit, it might be a bit out there, but I think fans would appreciate the fact that they're taking the time to actually assess things on merit rather than just going, nah. Mm. I, I tell I tell you what as well. So after the um the the win at Wickham. Last week, right? So, uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought I it. Um, me and my old man, um, drew, me, drew me and my dad to the game, and um, we were uh, stopping it. Oh, we stopped off for a quick drink and then we stopped us to get some petrol. And um, one of the uh, linesmen was actually, uh, we walked in and linesman came in as well. My dad's quiet, he's a bit like me, but dad, he's very chatty. And uh, we're speaking to the linesman in there, and uh, we were speaking about the um. Instant with Reedy, where the, unfortunately the lad had um, collided heads with his own player, and it was down for fifteen odd minutes. I don't know how long he was down for, uh, and everyone was was calling for a penalty or whatnot with the goalkeeper came out. Reedy, so my old man's been a referee for for years. My old man was actually a professional footballer. He played for Fulham. He's played the game, etc. He knows the game inside out. And my old man went to the referee. He went. He went. Technically, by in the rule book, if the games, if the referees paused the game. And the uh, goalkeepers kick Reedy, then you can give a booking, but you cannot give a penalty. But the referee hadn't paused the game yet, had he, when he kicked out? And the linesman made a, a jokey remark to suggest that he, he kind of knew that the referee had got it wrong. And it's and it's another decision like that that just supports all the other stuff going on. You know, these are simple things that these referees, you know, that they're. they're you know, it's not like they're refereeing in 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 the Ishmian 
division. They're, they're, they're refereeing in League One. Do you know what I mean? And I, I know our league, league's not the Premier League, but it's League One. It's professional football. You've, you've got to, you know, you're not going to get every decision right, but you, you've got to get the the big important decisions correct in these games, and they're not. They're not. Yeah, so the linesman. Sorry, go. On. I was just saying the linesman needs to be in the situation where he's gone, mate. You've made the wrong decision there. I suggest you reverse it. Because well, that's a good point. Yeah, we did yeah, say but, that. But that idea supports the fallacy that linesmen are there to do anything other than agree with yeah. the referee and signal what the decision is. The, ref- the linesmen, the, li- the linesmen haven't been there to assist and actually help the li- help help mm-hmm. make the decision for for the best part of a decade. All they do, you see it time and time again. The yeah. ball will go out of play, or the referee will blow whistle. The lino won't flag or won't do anything until the referee indicates what's happening. And then he's just there to make sure the crowd know what's going on. They're yeah, literally, I mean, they're, 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 point, they're absolutely pointless at this day, at this day and age. The only reason they're not there, they're, they're still there, is because we haven't got VAR. If VAR was available across all divisions, they, they'd fucking get rid of them, because what's the point in them? Yeah. My, my, nothing, it, nothing. it happened, and he went, well, that's a penalty. And I went, what do you mean? He went, game hasn't been paused. That's a penalty. And I went... Is it? And he went, yeah, it'll be given as a penalty. Game hasn't been paused. He paused it after he was kicked. So we were, me and my old man were standing around going, oh, we're going to get a penalty here. And then when the ref, I don't know if he felt under pressure from the situation or what it was, but he didn't give it yeah. to him. I mean, the length, look, 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 the, the length of time it took to deal with it. Obviously, what happened mm. is horrendous and... Mm. You have to, uh, you, that has to take precedent. You know, you have to deal with that before anything else happens, right? I think, I think the crux is in that situation is that it becomes very, very, very difficult for the referee to send the send the player off after mm-hmm. he's made him stand on the field for twenty five minutes waiting for play to resume. You can't, you just, you just can't do it. Even you if can't. technically it's like, well, he needs to be sent off because he's kicked out a reedy, which. I've watched the replay a hundred times from various mm. angles. I've slowed it down to like frame by frame. He just, he it's not really a kick just so much as he just him. trips him up, but by the letter of the law, it's a foul. And it's, a, it, and it's, and it's, a, and it's probably, I mean, with job, with the whole double jeopardy thing, it's probably a yellow card in the penalty is, would be the right decision. Mm. Um, but I understand why in the heat, if he'd have sent him off after 25 minutes, there'd have been a fucking riot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, that's the thing with me. I wouldn't have... I didn't even care about the sending off. It was just a penalty. I, I felt if you hadn't paused the game, you, you go oh, by the ball. Sure. But but again, I think he was under if, pressure. If Lee if Lee gets up and carries on, there's not a way in hell that's not a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was under well, pressure from the situation, yeah. Well, gents, at the uh, well, what I enjoyed there is that we made a point of saying we weren't going to talk about the Lincoln game for very long for our producer, um, and then <laughs> so, uh, so thanks for that. <laughs> well, reg- regular listeners will know. So you mean Stephen is one Lincoln nil? Yeah, <laughs> just keep saying it now. Just give Nate the the time. Every I feel like every five minutes we should have a little Nate stop where Nate just comes in and just goes, "Yeah, Stephen is one Lincoln nil." Just, just uh, you know. Well, regular listeners will know that usually at this point I ask the guys a question to help you get to know them better. Uh, and with two new guests this week, although we've been on for a while already, uh, it does seem appropriate to ask another of those. So my question to you this week, gents, um, is what team in the EFL do you have an irrational oh. hatred towards? Now, uh, we've, we've obviously all got our rivals, um, but which team is it that you can't quite put your finger on why? But you just can't stand. Matt, I think I'm going to come to you first because I'm looking forward to how you can put a positive spin on this. 
<laughs> there is no way I don't think you can, is there? Oh, do you know you what? will the, find a way. If anyone can, it's you. You know me. You know me. Um, no, look, it's uh, we've 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 come across a lot of sides, haven't we, over the future? I mean, I, I bloody, hell, I've been a Stevenage fan for twenty two years. I've seen a lot of a lot of sides, but in the AFL, um, do you know what? I, I, I've got one in mind. There's many, but I've got one that uh, that do you know what F- frustrated me a little bit, um, and that was uh, that was Carlisle United. Right, and and I, I gotta be honest, I I was so annoyed at this. Um, so when we played Carl Alloway, look, the chap the chaps went out. I'm on about. We we got I call them the attendance police. We got attendance <laughs> attendance police. It's not even a word. I'm gonna call it a word. We got attendance police uh, by by Carlisle United when uh, there were train strikes on long journey up there last season when we were chasing promotion. And uh, we went up there, and I, I can't even remember the exact number, 90, not even, I, I don't even know what it was. Me and a few chaps went up and had a weekend up there because we knew a few people, and, and it was about 90 of us. Um, and we went into, um, uh, there's a pub opposite the ground, it's like a premier, it's like a beef eater sort of, sort of place. Went in there for a few beers after the game because we were, we were travelling home. Uh, break up the time we went in there and the amount of abuse we got from these fans and yeah it was a, it was a draw all right we we went up there we had to do what we had to do to get the point good result for us that you know Carlo I think had won a serious amount of games going into the game so it was a good point for us went up there got a draw and honestly it wasn't just about the 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 um the amount of people we took it was the way that we played they were angry with they were angry with the the, the so-called cheating the the time wasting the you know michael boswick tugging back players and you know they were really angry and i remember saying to these guys look we've come up here what do, what do you want us to do try and get the ball down and play pretty tick attack of football it's not our style jacks we, we yeah. you know we come up here we come up here for a result and you're moaning at us trying to, you know, manage the game and get through it and get a result. Get lost, like, honestly. What, what As if the... they don't know do it at every single away fixture. I can't yeah. remember a time when Carlisle hasn't time-wasted from the minute minute one I know. until the end of the game. Yeah, they're as bad as anybody else, but they're completely, completely and utterly, like, they just don't see it. And it's just they an illusion. Mate, and there was, there was... This season, because that's goals, so... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. <laughs> there was this one chat, I always remember it, we were sitting there, and we had a few around us bantering us going, yeah, you'll probably throw away promotion, I don't think you're good enough. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, we'll see, we'll see in a few weeks when, when we do get promoted, and obviously we eventually did, but then they did in the end as well. But... um uh, I remember the, there was this old chap there and, and I was trying to say, I was like, look, we're not the biggest of clubs, it, considering when we were formed, right, in terms of the newer club. I know we've had other forms of the club, but in terms of, you know, the the, the newer version of the club, 76, hardly any time compared to, you know, especially other teams that were in this season, right? And um, 70, I made a joke. 72 years older than us. They were formed exactly, in 1904. Right? No and wonder they take make... a few more fans. Exactly. And I was trying to make this point to this chat. Oh, look, we're still a club. Train strikes are on. It's not, a, you know, it is what it is, mate, right? And he and he went, well, you know, you're, you're small at home, you're small away. And I went, hang on a second. I went, um, did you go to the return fixture when we beat you in September? And he went, no. And I went, no. And I'll tell you the reason why you didn't, mate, right? And the reason why you didn't, pal, is... 
because you've got a very big London associated supporter group down there where none of you who are here today went to that game, but your supporter group, who's maybe a couple of hundred that live in London, all went to the game. So don't give us crap about, you know, maybe some of our fans didn't come to the game, but you didn't do the return fixture. Actually, your London supporter group did. And yeah. I was just like, oh, if, if yeah, you believe uh, um, yeah, no. If you believe Carlisle fans, there's only about five people in that London supporter group. <laughs> Obviously, you, yeah. don't, so you don't believe Carlisle fans because they talk utter shit. But <laughs> what was what was the quote that the, the Carlisle commentator said about Michael Boswick? I forgot. You're a very big man, or something. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, a, uh, what a what a big man you are, Michael Boswick. Uh, just it, you've got you've 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 got what you've done. What matters? You've got what you came for. Now get off the field. Uh, I've got I've got a funny little story about that. I used that clip. <laughs> In my in You're my episode so, twice, so twice I used that clip twice. I cut it. I cut it in with that uh, bloke from Come Dine with Me, who's like, "Get out of my house." I hope the money makes you very happy. I sort of spliced it in with that, and um, I also used the unedited uh, section of it on on our podcast. That was our intro for that episode that week, and uh, BBC Cumbria like. <laughs> Him hunting me down to try and get me to remove it from the episode. They're literally, they're literally emailing the club, email, emailing three counties. They were like really angry. They're like, this is copyrighted. He can't use it. Yeah. And, and actually, 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 legally, I could use it because it was. I, I was using you using it as a critical sense. And you know, we we critiqued mm. the uh, we critiqued it afterwards. I just think they were embarrassed by it and they did want it wanted it off the air. They are hey, honestly hey. just a just a different breed, them lot. But they like it this season. Go and have yeah. it. I tell you, they did it to us at Bolton. They took thousands to Bolton, which you know they're up that neck of the woods anyway. And there was a few of them on Twitter when we when we lost at Bolton this season three two. Going, oh, they only took that much. We're saying we've sold out the whole stand. I give fellas, give it a rest. We're in the playoffs and you're in the bottom five. So that's all that matters. You don't care about the numbers, do you? Honestly, it's all it's, all, it's, it's also a lot. It's also a lot closer. And they played on a Saturday and we went on a Tuesday. Uh, congratulations you mums well done chaps honestly do you know what of all the teams there's so many you can have you you can have Lou and you can you know you can have any mine Carlisle United for that that, I've never known a club like it with supporters that go at it like that honestly how about you Owen so Carlisle Carlisle for Matt who are you going with I know it's not they they say we're not really a derby well Cambridge fans they say they're really derby and we don't really either but Cambridge I love it because every time we play them, we seem to beat them. And then, especially, I, I remember when it was the COVID season, right? And they all came. It was they thought if they won, they got promotion or something. If they were going to secure promotion against us, and they brought their flares, going, "Oh, oh, kill on sleep, beat, we beat them, beat them on their own ground." I was going to say that. Did you see the YouTuber this season when we beat them two one? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think I saw it on Twitter. It, like it, it was kind of walking out the ground. Obviously, Reedy had just smashed in the yeah. winner. We all, we all cheering. And he, uh, he was kind of like, oh, well, Stevenage is big day out and all that. And I was like, oh, pal, come on, don't put that up, honestly. Every, bit, was, every day is a big day out if you if you believe every opposition fan. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Literally, yeah. How was their big day out losing 5 0 to their rivals? <laughs> so. Oh, well, yeah, it did, know, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. None, of, none of them went, did they? Hey, <laughs> okay, mate, how about you? Well, they all left at half time. Uh. Well, I mean, I would have probably, I, I, I might have said 
Carlisle. They're definitely one that's 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 uh, wound me up a lot. Um, I've always disliked Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle, sorry, we said that. Uh, Crawley. I've always disliked Crawley. I don't really know why. There's not any particular reason that I've disliked them. And obviously, with the whole wag me nonsense, like that doesn't that that hasn't helped. Um, is there anyone else I really, really can't stand? Orient fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Orient. Good show. Orient, Orient fans. Orient fans are fun because you can you can almost yeah. count their brain cells as their type. <laughs> um, I think um, Richie. I mean, I, I can't stand Richie Wellens. He's obviously. A, I do. But I do think he's a good manager. I can't stand him. Cobblers. Fucking Northampton. They're a bunch of arseholes, aren't they? Fucking hell. This could have um, this this like, we, we could go on on this. Yeah, we could have any yeah. team. You could go through the set. You, you, literally, you could. <laughs> yeah, I, really I think. 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 Crawley and Northampton are right up there with teams. But I think like the league would be mm. better off without them. Just get rid of them. Do you know, I've never really had conversations with Crawley fans. You know. I haven't, I haven't. No, I don't. I don't even. I don't. It's nothing to do with their fans either. I just think the, the club. Uh, oh, just the wag me and the. No, no, no. He, like the first time I went, uh, we just fired someone, and like Wesley was in the stand. We and it was like just it was like <laughs> oh, East Monday, and we. I think we got a man sent off early, and we shit yeah, out a one nil win or something, and. Uh, and even though I enjoyed the game, I was just like everything about getting to Crawley was rank. Like the M, the obviously that M twenty five and M three and that it was just horrible. And then uh, not M three. Uh, and then um, the ground is shit, and yeah. the town like they close all the fast food like, at that point. Like for some reason, like all of the fast food restaurants within like a five mile radius was shut on game day. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, it's what sort of club is this? It's just horrendous. Absolutely they've, they've horrendous. Got like a, they've got like a little uh, car park at the um, the back of the, I don't know if it's like a business centre, but it's right behind the yeah. ground. And you walk, you walk past the allotment and you think, where's the ground? And you come out yeah, to the yeah, bridge yeah. and it's there, is it? This ain't been, the ground, surely. I, I've been there, and for some reason, I've been there, like, I've been there three or four times. And I just, right. I I don't know why, and I don't want to go again. I really hate it there. But Northampton, Northampton's wor worse actually, because I I have had interactions with their fans, and I just can't stand them. <laughs> no, no real genuine reason. Again, they play some pretty good football. I think Brady's a decent and decent enough manager. I don't think they strengthened very well in the summer, and that's why they're struggling. Um, but I think if they can survive, they'll probably stick around for a while. I don't, it's not even necessarily the team or the players. I mean, it doesn't help that they've got Danny Hilton, but uh, yeah, it's just ugh. yeah, no, okay, well, now, now we've offended half of the AFL's fans. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can keep going, I can no. keep going. I'm sure I can come up with other, other uh, teams. Conference will do the lot, like bloody Lincoln. <laughs> um, well, let's 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 chat to shall we? I mean, like. I guess kind of the first big question I've got for you guys is we're obviously all sat here, 18 games in, pressed for the way, brilliant. It's lovely, you know, lovely being where we are. Mm. What do we think the ceiling is for this current Steve squad? You know, and if, if we talk if we talk about this season, we kind of all said we weren't, you know, none of us came into it expecting to be where we're at, but we are mm. there now with only five teams not played. I mean, I mean, what like what, what do you think? Like what, what's your 
thoughts on where we can get to? At this point, looking at the squad, I think championships are a real possibility. I think we've we've looked like a team that, that surprised a lot of the division. I think we're playing quite a direct style that, that's working really well. I, I, I don't think we'll get promoted this season. It'd be brilliant if we do. I think we might get the playoffs. Um, it'd be brilliant if we get in the championship because it'll be a lot more money for the club, more TV, revenue, even though we'd probably go straight back down. I, I, I sort of similarly do it to someone like Burton, for example, because they, they sort of had that thing where they, went, where they did the double up. Um, but then they had a couple of seasons in the championship before going back down. They've not really recovered since, really. But, um, yeah, I, I feel I feel if we can get to the championship, it's be brilliant. But really, it's about solidating our, our League One experience at the moment. Maybe go promotion in a couple of years if it keeps going like this. Mm. Mate, mate, I can see I can see you rolling, rolling eyes here. <laughs> Was it that obvious? Um, eh. We need a lot more. We need a lot more from some of the um, more squad players, I think, to sustain the levels we've achieved so far and then to push on. I think we also probably want to look at cutting a few cutting a few of them. I think we're over over oversubscribed in a lot of areas. I think we've got way too, we've got too many strikers. Or, or more importantly, we've got too many strikers that don't score enough goals. Um I, I think, think Manil goes. I think Manil goes in January. He gets recalled. Uh, I yeah, I think if he goes, he'll be recalled. We won't send him back, but I wouldn't be surprised if they recall him. There's there's um, there's signing there's signings that have already been made. This had it first. Okay, mate, what's stealing? Playoffs. I don't I don't think I don't think we'll sustain a full a full um promotion like or automatic charge i think we'll if we do make the playoffs we'll be probably you know we'll sneak in by a point or two um i think there are a lot of clubs sniffing around the playoff places that i think are in like lincoln for instance who are lacking in a lot of areas because of injuries and 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 stuff they've got they've got some players to come back that should help us Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Help them put a run together. Um, my preseason prediction was twelfth, um, and honestly, I mean, even if we slip down and finish twelfth, I think we've had a marvelous season. Um, anything other, like anything above and beyond uh, fighting against relegation, is a success. Um, and it, I mean, even if we ended up in a relegation scrap and survive. It would be a it would be a success because I think we were promotion last year was so unlikely, um, given the amount of time that Evans had been in, given that it was a massive change of personnel. Um, we defied the odds massively, and we're doing it again. I think the I think I, I was worried that we'd changed too many players in the summer again, 
to sustain that momentum. I know that we added a lot of good players and I thought that by the end of the season, we would definitely see things click and performances improve. But I did worry that it was going to be a struggle in the early part. Um, obviously, that's not happened. We've, 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 we've just gone from strength to strength. Um, I think, yeah, play, I, I, I would be, I would be, yeah, play, play, playoffs, I think we'll, we, we've yeah. got a good shot. I think that that's, for me, that's somewhere similar to what I've got. I think somewhere between kind of sixth and tenth is probably where I kind of see us sort of falling out. I think and we've seen the likes of your Oxfords and Blackpool that have on their day turned it on and that we're probably a level below that. Um, yeah. On our day, don't get me wrong, we're, we're horrible to play against. And in a one-off game, I, I think we're capable of beating anyone in this league. But I think a big part of that is our defence being so strong, like you say, having the most clean sheets in the, in the entire AFL. I think what we probably lack is a proper plan B when the direct approach is met with a strong aerial defence. I think we saw that at Blackpool, whereby they were very, very well-versed at dealing with that threat. And I don't think we really knew where to go next with it. Now, I think that happened again plenty of time this season. Um, but I also think the standards that Evans and Rayner demand are just so mm. hard. You just know the levels won't ever drop for long, right? And... Yeah, I, I think I think it's it, it's if and it is it is a big if if we could squeeze into a playoff position, I, I don't think you'd get many sides who want to play us. No, definitely not. Uh, do you know? Do you know what? It, it's uh, and, and by the way, I, I think this is absolutely fantastic, right? Because you know, if if you if you look at before the success, right? You know those years of, you know. Manager after manager after manager after manager after team fighting relegation. You know, the club technically getting relegated. They get a reprieve. They then go into COVID. They have a National League side, right, for six months because we thought we were going to be National League. We that, didn't team, have... that, that team that yeah. was fucking horrendous. It was bad. And if you think, right, we've gone from that. We were bottom by Boxing Day. We then had a really good last kind of three months where we were, had some really good home form, got some wins away. We then go again. We have Rebs. Rebs has a real tough start. The team wasn't good enough. We have that appalling season. Steve comes in, he kicks us up. And then it's not even a case of Steve keeps us up, consolidates, then it's success. It's Steve keeps us up, promotion, top of League One, and, and it's quick succession. And, and you know what? I just think... Um, I think they can achieve playoffs. And I don't think, um, I think, look, they've got 32 points. They played 18. There's what, 28 to play. So really 32 points. If they can get another 38 and borderline 70, they're, they're pretty much on the cusp for, for making a playoff place, right? So can they get 38 points from 28 games? They've got 32 from 18. Now we have to realise that, it might be like that season. There, there, there might be injuries happen. We might have to recruit again in January. And I think Steve will look to do that and strengthen as he always he does. It every time he's with a side, he did it at Gillingham, he did it at Mansfield, did it at Rotherham. So, you know, that could happen. I think another thing that people have to remember is we're going to be playing teams again, right? And I know our style is very effective, but in League One, you've got, um, you've got bigger sides, you've got better players. So we're going to be playing these sides again who are going to know our style, our identity. Again, I think our style and our identity is somewhat quite unique for this division in terms of, in terms of how we play. Um, 
So we've got to remember that, that teams, there's going to be sides that might figure the style out playing a second time around. But my God, have we have we given ourselves a platform to go on and do it? Look, I'm, I know I missed the positive and I know I, some of my predictions are ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, I predicted us 10th this season because I thought that with the manager and with the recruitment, they'd be good enough to get a top half finish. Um, How many I'm places gonna... were you talked down? <laughs> nine, nine. Um, no, but but honestly, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go, we're going to get automatically promoted. If you're going to ask me in my personal opinion, I don't think that will happen. I think I think there'll be, your, your, your Boltons will be up there. They're on a bit of a wave at the minute. But I certainly believe that this team can definitely make the playoffs. They've, they've just got to... They've got to make sure if their injuries hit that we recruit well. They've got to make sure that we keep the home form good. The home form's looking very positive now. At the start of the season, about two months ago, a bit shy of a few wins now. We've got four wins, four draws, just, just one defeat at home. I think they can make the playoffs. And and, and you're right, Ollie. In the playoffs, you, you, there ain't going to be teams there going, oh, I want to play Stevenage in that. You know, with the way that we play, the way that we go, the way that we press, and, you know, with the manager, they don't want to play us. But... I definitely think that this team can make the playoffs. Really, yeah. Every, everything goes out the window in the playoffs, doesn't it? Everything goes. Yeah, out the window. it does. Got, it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. obviously the semi-final. It's two hits, and then it's the it's the final, and it's a one and done. I think yeah. that, um, yeah, it's it's playoff plus be incredible. Yeah. I, I do worry that if if Big somehow class, we do shit, imagine imagine we shit our, shit shit house ourselves to playoff victory, right? <laughs> and, we go, and we go up through the playoffs. I do worry that I, I I said it I said it when we went conference league two league one. I was worried that we'd done it too quickly. Yeah, and obviously we nearly went up again, and that I think that would have been that would have been chaos, and it could have spelled the end for Stevenage. I think it was way yeah, too I much. Think it that would have been way too much too 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 soon. Mm. I almost think I almost think that. I'd be there for it and I'd be all over it, enjoying it and milking it for every penny it's worth, mate, if it does happen. But I do worry that it would be it would be trouble because I think if we go up our budget is gonna be mini. Yeah. It's already it it as much as away as much as opposition fans like to tell us that we've got a, we've got like a very, very competitive league one budget. No, realistically, it's very, very middling in the league. Oh, I um, agree with you, Knight. Yeah, we'd, we our, our budget would be bottom of the league in the championship by 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 you know factors by by significant factors. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think over over a forty what a forty four game season. Yeah, fuck. I <laughs> do. You know what? Do you know what? I I do agree with Nate. I think it's look if we got promoted to the championship, it would be absolutely unreal. I mean, I've got to be honest. Imagine the meltdowns on Twitter. The thing is, imagine taking, imagine taking, right, night, like like 45 people away to Everton. Imagine all the people furious the thing how is, few is, of us went. It would be so good. The thing oh, is, that was getting promoted to League One was just unreal. Yeah. To do it to the Championship would would truly be unreal. And I, we had someone on our podcast say this a couple of weeks ago. It might be Lewis Collins. I can't remember who said it. They said maybe Steve sees a short window where he can take the team there and do it, do it in a couple of years and, and and just experience it. But Nate does make a great yeah. point. It would be unreal, and it would be the celebrations would be nothing you've ever had before it would be truly unbelievable yeah. however and don't get me wrong 
it, to, to play in the championship and to go to your Norwiches if they're still in it or Millwalls or Everton's or whoever's in the championship and play a league game would be incredible. However, you would have to accept and go, yeah, we're going to we're gonna probably be down the midst of that division with the budget, with the size. It, it would just be the way it, it would be incredible. But people would have to understand that you're playing in the championship. Man, yeah, you know what I mean? Man City, Man City away next season when they get relegated would be amazing. <laughs> right? No, but um, I'm like, with, uh, with our, I was thinking with our budget, like with the budget and that, it's a free hit at the end of the day, right? It's a free well, hit. We've yeah. got no pressure on us. Everyone's saying that we're going to go it down. Reminds- it's a chance. It reminds me of, do you remember when Yeovil did it? And and they did it yeah. in, I don't know how many years it took them, but they did it. And, they, and you were like, but look at Jesus them now. Christ. Well, that's look the other. Look at them now. And you, that's, that's the risk. the other flipping point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the risk because you, you spend, it, it, Yeovil aren't, weren't far, all that far away from doing a berry. Over, overspending and going not just out of the Football League and free-falling, but going bust. I, this, um, that kind of leads me actually I think, onto the kind of next point I was talking to you guys about really, which is that I think it's worth highlighting that I think we've had a huge change of approach as a club this time round um, and we're given a proper vision. I think last time we kind of tried to ride the crest of that wave and if we're honest, we relied heavily on a squad that were built in non-league to perform well above their natural level. Yeah. Right now, but what's happened this year for me looks like a club that have recognised that they're in a bit of a unique set of circumstances. I think that it's a relatively, yeah. I think we're, you know, we've got the most successful management team in, in football wise we've ever had. Mm. We've got some money in the bank from youth sales and from the Villa Cup game last season. I just think yeah. it feels like it's the first time I remember our club paying substantial fees for the likes of Aaron Presley, Ashby Hammond. They'd be loan players in, in any other season. So the fact like, yeah, our, yeah. And also, we've been, you know, we've been committing players to two year deals. I've, ne- I've never seen us doing that. Like, it's always been. Well, it, it has happened, but it has happened. It has happened before. Don't forget that um, when Gary Smith was our manager, we were giving players two and three year deals, and that went tits up massively because we were signing, we were signing uh, f- for a lack of a better better sort of phrase, failed Premier League academy players who, for their part, thought that they were better than the low the low lowly Stevenage, when in reality, we paid for their reputation, not their ability. And yeah. that was a big part of why we went down. We were paying far too mm. much money for players that may have had the ability but didn't have the graft. And we're season, not doing that. No. We're not doing that this time. We're playing money. Um, we're paying good mm. money week in, week out for players that have the ability and and have that graft about them. I, I think the thing is as well, is, and Steve spoke about it a lot this season, that team last season were unreal what Steve created, what they achieved, um, you know, a relatively, I know that we kept a few of, a few of the players that were in that, you know, real docky team that year before that, that, that had a really poor season, but a lot of new players, um, a lot of new personnel to fit an identity and a style. But this season, I think Steve said at the start of the season, you know, when, when you come up into these, you know, these good divisions, because League One, I know that a lot of League One 
supporters who support other sides say it's probably the weakest division they've had in a few years, but it's still a top league. When you come up to it, you, you have to upgrade. You, you have to. I mean, let's use Carlisle and Northampton for an example. If you don't upgrade your side, you can get caught. And I think what Steve's done brilliant. And look, Steve was always going to do it. The experience that Steve's got at the levels. You come up to this division, you've got to look to upgrade. And, you know, we had Steve for an episode in our pod and he, st- he told a, a great story. Actually, by the way, Steve's an unbelievable talker. He, he could talk to the guy for two, three hours. And he, and he mentioned the story that, and I laughed at it. He said that, when we got promoted uh, against Grimsby, obviously he was going off to do the Stamford presentation thingy to Bob at the, the club. Although I don't think he'll be doing that anymore based on the pre-season we had there, but that's another story. Uh, but Steve went to do a, a presentation and he said on the way to the presentation, he was already planning for League One. Uh, and and he was having a chat with um with his brother-in-law and saying to his brother-in-law on the way to the Stanford thing that we would need to upgrade the team to be competitive. We could come up with that promoted side and, and do okay, but not not doing the things we're doing now. And he said he was um he was on the phone to Nathan Thompson's agent that night. And Nathan Thompson was still at Peterborough, and obviously they were doing their bit in the in the playoffs, etc. He was speaking to his agent that night, going, you know can we get hold of Nathan next season for League One? Yeah, yeah. And he said he called up X, Y, and Z and spoke to other agents. And I think one was uh, Louis straight away as well and Dan Butler's agent. You know, he, he was already planning the night of promotion. So I think when you look at it, you, you look at League One, you know, to, to be competitive and win, he had, he had to upgrade the side and, he, and he's done that. And you're seeing the proof of that now. And, and you know, you look at your Carlisle's, for example, who probably haven't upgraded their team, probably probably actually lost a few players that they could have kept, actually, but haven't upgraded their side. And you've seen the proof of that. You've seen the proof of Northampton. I know Northampton have got your Apparais and Sam Hoskins that will nick your points because they're goal scorers and that's what goal scorers do. But they haven't upgraded their sides and you've seen the proof of that. And, and what I love about what Steve's done He's looked at it and he's gone, right, we're going up a division. We've got a great squad, but we do need to upgrade. And like there's some players that maybe Steve would have liked to have kept with Gilby, etc. But when you look at the players we've brought in, your Thompsons, your Dan Butlers, your, you know, the League One level players, you've seen the proof of it. And, and I think the guy's done a, a magnificent job with, with, with what he's done. Not just last season, this season, what, what he's done, unbelievable. You know, the lone players, Finley Burns, what a player! I mean, Finley Burns is a fantastic, you know, Finley Burns is centre-half and he's so good. He can play midfield because he's so good on the ball. He's, he's such a, so, you know, it's it's a brilliant job what he's done. I, I said I, I said this to people and I wouldn't be, I, would, I made this prediction. In three years, Finley Burns is going to be playing for City full-time. All, uh, I think I think he's good enough. And Big prediction. Very yeah, big. Don't get me three, wrong. Three years is a bit. Three years is a bit of a stretch. I think, and yeah. you might find he'll. I, I don't know that he'll he'll play for City at all. To be honest, I yeah. think he will end up at mm. a Premier League team, but I don't know if he's. I think he'd I, already be be sniffing yeah. around, be starting starting on loan yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah, you know the Championship at this stage, if if that was going to happen for me, do, it looks you know a bit what? Like yeah. Stones. So well, what what I'll say is, I I know this is a horrible comparison. I I know it's a terrible comparison, but I I I remember thinking this. I went to watch England last week. By the way, they were crap. Not I'm not going to waste any more minutes about speaking about them. But um, I remember thinking about Finn actually, and when Carl Walker come on and and played, and I was thinking, wow, Finn's 
trained with him, played with him, because he's, you know, played, I think, League Cup or something like that. And when you look at those guys, and I know they're very experienced, I know Carl Walker's in his 30s and, he, you know, he's been playing elite level football. But to play Premier League football, you've got to be, you've got to be fantastic. And don't get me wrong, I think Finn, and I agree with Nate, I think what will happen with Finn is he might not play for City, because of the level and, and who they've got at City. But I think what will happen to Finn is he'll be picked up by a Premier League club, by a Burnley or a... I don't know. It could be anyone, anyone of that mould and you'll probably see Finn playing the Premier League from them. But to, he, to play for City, it's got to be, you know, you've got to be um, top-notch. He, I, I see him ending up somewhere like Leicester and elevating that. that yeah, good shout. To, yeah, so good shout. Yeah, good shout. He'd, he'd fit in so well with style there as well. He's mm. so good. I don't. So like, I, I imagine him being a centre midfielder more than a than a centre half. I know he's mm. played more at centre half, but he's so good. His composure on the ball, ball for mm. someone of his age, just sensational. Yeah, it's brilliant. Because um, I, 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 I remember I was, when he. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was. I was just going to push push it back to the original question for this bit, <laughs> with like like the fact that we're changing things and doing things. I think that Phil Wallace is seventy four, man. He ain't going to be around much longer. I think he's. I think he's gone. Do you know what? The last decade has been shocking, and that's partly my fault because I've not backed. I've not got gone and got the manager that we need and backed them. That that would be my assessment of things. So he's gone. So I'm going to do it. He's gone and got the manager he, he's wanted for the last decade in Steve Evans, and Steve Evans comes in and he's not going to do, he's not going to work on a shoestring. And I think Phil Wallace has gone, okay, I'm going to do this on the understanding that you go and get results. And I think that it's, it's working. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think Phil for years, I, I remember the uh, reading Phil's, and I still do now, but reading Phil's program notes. And this was from about, uh, I think about seven years ago, Phil always used to, say that he always wanted to see the club in the championship. And I, I used to find that crazy, man. I, I used to look at it thinking, Phil, what are you on about, mate? We're, you know, we're in League Two. We just come up. Yeah, give it a rest. All right, League One, that'd be a great target. But it's not going on about the championship. I think Phil's wanted to do it for years. He's just made so many bad managerial appointments. And finally, as yeah. Nate says, he gets his, really, let's be honest, first proper football league manager that the club's probably ever had. And you've seen yeah. the the fruits of that success. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think as well. I think this the expenditure that he's that he's made and the the the, the funding that we've got and Evans. It's all with a view to him selling the club in three, four, maybe five years, mm. and doing doing well now. The results against Villa, <clears throat> the the continued success on the pitch, is. All at the end of the day, the bottom line, so he can sell it at a bigger mark, bigger markup. And you know, I can't. As much as you don't want to think about football being the business it is, you know, I think the money yeah. that he's invested since since he mm -hmm. bought us in ninety six or ninety nine or whatever it was, and the amount of money that he's invested and what he's done for the club, I can't. Mm -hmm. I just can't begrudge him it, and I just hope it. Um, I hope it continues, and I hope he doesn't sell us to an absolute bunch of wagmies. Well, we've, we've mentioned lots there about the management team and kind of how Evans has done so well. I mean, there's obviously a have a lot of positivity in the room, and rightly so. Um, so let's address the 
Evans in the room, shall we? Um, what I did there. Um, what what happens right now if Steve does move on? Now it's very much an unknown, right? We've seen him link yeah. this season with Hibernian. We've seen that with Bradford again. Most recently, Rotherham. I mean, how central is he to this transformation? Or are we saying we've built a squad that actually we think if he does have like, some ambitions to manage at a higher level, go? Look, look, there's, 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 it, it, it's really, it really is. It's a really easy question to answer. I guess, I guess, there's two ways of looking at it. He's not going anywhere, which is the reality of the situation. Yeah. Right now, he's not going anywhere. If we go up or we have a really good season, we don't quite go up, and you know, a big team gets rid of their manager, a derby, or Leeds, you know, someone who's struggled, someone who's struggling in the championship, he won't go bad to Leeds. Well, you're not Leeds, um, but Leeds type sort of. But you know, if yeah, if a big mean. opportunity comes up, mm. I think yeah, maybe. I don't think Rother. I don't. Why? Why on earth would you, in the situation mm. you're in, if Evans is in now? Why would he go? I don't understand why he would go to uh, Rotherham. He's been there. No, he's I, been I, there. I, sure, yeah. sure, he's still got a good relationship. But at the end of the day, remember the dude fucking fired Tony Stewart. Fired him, right? Like, mm. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think he goes. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Was, the club, yeah, the, the, yeah. the club, don't. The club are telling reporters stop asking yeah. because it's not yeah. happening. Um, they're getting annoyed. Everybody at the club's getting annoyed with people constantly going. He's going. He's going. Always going. It ain't mm. happening. But the other end is, say say they come in, Rotherham do come in and go, we will pay you whatever you want and we'll give you yeah. five million transfer kitty for, for January. Yeah. I wouldn't you couldn't begrudge him turning it down because that's no. that's 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 an unreal amount of money to go and do what you want with, right? Yeah. I just think I, I I think the reality of that situation is we have to look at a similar profile. Not necessarily style the manager of Evans, but a similar profile. Someone who's been and done it at championship level. We've got the money. We've got the money to pay for a manager at that level. That level, yeah. Evans is not on a not on a small um, wage packet, right? You know we're paying him well. We can go and sign someone who's done that. And you know, people are saying people are saying, yeah, I saw I've seen on Twitter like, oh, if Evan leaves, I want us to go and get. Luke Garrard, and I'm just like, well, I don't agree with fuck that. Off. I, yeah, I, I don't love, agree with I that. love Garrard. I love Garrard, right? And I think yeah. that he will be a fantastic manager in the football league in five, ten years. Once yeah. he's brought, once he's come up to a club at the lower end of League Two, or once he, once he's done it with Bournemouth yeah. and got him into the league, but he's got no experience at this level, and eventually he's, you know. Pr- Managers have to get that experience somewhere, but we're not in a situation where I want us yeah. to continue to be that I, club, giving them the giving them that opportunities. You know that happened yeah. with Revs. I, yeah. It happened with Dino Marmaria. It happened with Gary Smith. I no, Teddy no. Sheringham we we need well. Teddy, Teddy Sheringham exactly. We no, we need to go and get somebody who yeah. can do do yeah. it. It's got the whole you know well? and could do a do job you know with the players that we've got. Do you know, do you know what I I. I'm really calm. I don't think Steve will go. I've got to no, be honest with going. you. I, 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 I think, I think, I think Nate makes a great point. You've got to be realistic. The thing with Steve is, look, there's been scenarios in the past where Steve's hopped on 
to another side. He did it when he was at Mansfield when he went to Peterborough, right? Do you mean, do you mean, do you mean China? Yeah, yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai, basically. Well, he went to Peterborough via Shanghai. That's kind of the joke that we like to say. But um, look, look, I think that you've got to look at it, right? Steve's at the end of his career. I think he knows that. I don't think he thinks he's got long in the game, to be honest with you. I, I think he looks at it now and thinks, I haven't got that long left, right? Um, I think another couple of things, um, he's got family in the area, okay? Um, he's got, he's very settled where he is. And I think when you've got to look at it with Steve, is the, the, the guy, I don't want to come across, the guy's very well off. The guy's made a lot of money. He's got all the yeah. money in the world. Right. And I know he could have a, someone come in and offer him a big bag. And yeah, it might be appealing to him. Oh, yeah, I could go and do that. I think the guy is in the mindset now that he's made his money. He hasn't got long left in the game. I'm not actually worried at all. I think if you had Celtic coming for him, that's a boyhood club, it would be a different kettle of fish. Right. Yeah. But are you going to get Celtic come and get Steve Evans? Probably not. Right. So for me, I'm not too worried about it. When when a burning coming, I remember thinking, oh, well, this will be interesting because it's Celtic, it's home, it'll be managing at Celtic. When um, when that went up the Swanee, I kind of thought he's not going to go. When Rotherham coming, I didn't even blink it. What I didn't even think he. I was like, he's not going to go to Rotherham. I think Steve is very settled. He's probably at the back end of his career. He hasn't got long left in the game. He's made his money. He's got his family in the area. It's very convenient. I actually happen to think he loves the club. I think his relationship with Phil Wallace is brilliant. And I've always noticed that Steve, you know, when Steve's had a good relationship with the chairman, he's always had success. He had it at Rotherham. When you actually read up about the Mansfield connection, he didn't really have a great relationship. And then the Gillingham one went to pod at the end. So he's got a great relationship with Phil. I think that's very important for Steve. Phil obviously thinks the sun shines out the back of his arse. He lets Steve do everything. And I think that's the way that Steve Evans has to operate um, as well to be successful. Phil just gives him what's he, what he wants. I think, I think Steve loves it and, and, and vice versa. If Steve went, um, I, I, I agree with Nate. I think if Steve did go, and this is hypothetical, you, you've got to try and bring someone in who's got relevant experience to the division. Um, and look, you're not going to get a matching figure of Steve Evans, but you have to try and get someone of that level and ability. And I agree. I've seen a lot of people. Uh, I've even had this chat with a few of the chaps, uh, uh, Reese Donnelly, for example. Reese said, I'd give it a Reds. And I was a bit like, yeah. the, the thing is, is don't get me wrong. I, I think Alex Ravel is going to be eventually a manager for, for a club. However, if Steve went, we it's been proven we would need a relevant experienced manager for the division and i love revs i think revs is a great guy fantastic coach great relationship with the players and, and by the way did a decent job at the back end of that covid year when we started to get wins however i think for league one i'm i'm not certain i would give it to revs i i think we would need a good experienced league one manager and i agree with nate i saw a few people say luke Gerrard. No, nah. he hasn't. I, he hasn't. Don't get me wrong. Good manager, but hasn't yeah. done it in in League One. And do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, Rev, I, Revs needs another decade at, at the level before yeah. he's yeah. gonna before yeah, he he's gonna have enough to be a manager and go his own way. Like he's there's a lot of potential, but yeah. he's so mm. green. I'm trying to yeah. think of who, yeah. who in the champ. For example, let's just say Evans. Let's say hypothetically we get to the championship and he gets bought by a Premier League club. Obviously, it's hypothetical, but let's see. 
Who would you guys Steve Evans in the Premier League? Like, yeah, so I started jumping on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Imagine, <laughs> well, imagine the fucking split. Um. All, all I'll say, all I'll say, supposedly good mates of all of them, are they? So fucking, but do you know how, how are you doing, Mikel and Eric Ten Hag? Do you know he's all bloody mates of them? What? I, do, I, don't, I, I, I don't think uh, Unai Emery would be happy to see him again. <laughs> Get out of the ground, Steve. Yeah, uh, that hundred percent never happens. Yeah, we did yeah, not yeah, get yeah. kicked out of Villa Park. Was... I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that. What are you telling me? Unai Emery walks in the changing room and the celebrations are going on and goes, "Get out, man! No chance. Yeah, no what, chance. What, what? Like it's the uh, what? Like he's in he's in EastEnders. Get the hell out of my well, stadium. Not, well, I'm not being funny. I I, I kind of feel like oh. That squad that won at Villa last year would have just told him to fuck off. Do you know? No, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, like they wouldn't have cared. Bosnick as well would be like, yeah, he would have wanted to. That we got Pierjani and Sweeney all in there. Yeah, mate. No I, bumped in, I, bu- I bumped into a Bozzy <laughs> the day before that victory at a service station on the A1. I Bloody was heading up. The day, I was heading up the day a day before to see my uh, to go and visit my old man because he used to live in the area before uh, before. B- b- before the Villa game, and um, and I just happened to bump into him as he was like on his way wow. to meet the meet the team, and I uh, and I'd spoken to him a few times outside the ground, so he sort of he, he clocked me before I actually clocked him, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, was he? He's like, oh, all right, all right. I was like, so we're we gonna win tomorrow. And he went, yeah, yeah, two nil, two one. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, all right. I go, you believe it? And he just went, yeah. And I was like, I love that. What a guy, man. Do, do you know what? He's like the shyest man as well, isn't he? He's like, he, you would feel like Bozzy, would be, but he's really like shy and reserved. And do you know what I mean? That's brilliant. That's a great story. Imagine doing that. Oh, that kind of uh, leads me nicely into kind of the last thing I wanted to mention to you guys is that Bossy was obviously part of both those sort of oh, famous yeah. sides. Right? Kind of a hallmark of our previous side that kind of made the League One playoff at the first time of asking is that it kind of seems to be true again, actually, is that the squad didn't really have any superstars. It was kind of more of a cohesive unit that more than an individual sort of, you know, wow players. Now, I wonder who, if any, from our current squad that you guys think would make it into, let's say, starting 11, so Portsmouth, Oxford, Bolton's. Who who, who would we be saying we think would get into those that's a really good question. And don't get me wrong, those, those sides you've just named are very good. I mean, we've seen, you know, some of the sides this season are very, very good sides. I, I think with us, I, th- I think y- you have a few players like your Jordan Roberts, etc., cetera, who are, who are fantastic players. I mean, we've mentioned Finley Burns. I know Finn's on loan, but a quality player. You've got big goal Reedy at the minute, who's, you know, second top goal scorer in League One. I mean, it's, it's a really tough question. I, I think if I was picking... You were asking me, so what was it to, to pick a few players that could play in those top sides? Yeah, just, yeah any who would get in there at eleven. You know, it, it might, they might, it might not be any, but you know, is there anyone you would yeah. see? I, th- I think I could see you, Jordan Roberts, probably at the minute the way that he's playing, probably getting a couple of those sides. I think Jordan Roberts. Uh, do you know what? I think he's a t- fantastic footballer. I I remember when we got him from Motherwell uh, prior to last season and uh, I've got some family that, that live in Scotland and they go and watch Motherwell sometimes. They still do this season. And we got him and they were... I, I, they were they were like, oh my God, you've got Jordan Roberts. Like, what a player. And I was like, really? They were, honestly, he's 
fantastic it, at motherwell he was brilliant and i was like oh okay they were like oh he'll he'll do wonders for you and obviously we went and we've seen jordan's um last season and what he's done this season i i i love him i think he's a fantastic player i think he could play for some of those top sides um the only thing about jordan and we had this debate on the pod is could he do it without steve evans because he's one of those players that does so well under Steve. So it'd be very interesting with Jordan whether he could go and do it under a different management because we've seen it under Steve, uh, you know, the style suits, what he does, his, his, his effectiveness in his play. Could he do it for a different manager of one of those top sides? That would be the debate. But I think the ability of Jordan Roberts could could certainly play. Again, if you want to go for the play, again, Finley Burns, cracking player. And Jamie Reid, I love the guy, man. BGR, big goal Reedy, you know, you've got to put him there. But look, yeah, for me, I um, think Jordan Roberts is a, is a top footballer. I think he could. How about you, Owen? Yeah, I think I think I think you would be Jordan Roberts or or or, or Reedy. I think Reedy just seems the last couple of years have, have just stepped up. Like it seems to be that the up divisions he's gone, the amount of years he's gone, and it just seems to get better the how how older he gets. You've seen that. First season with us. Everyone thought, oh, we should just get rid of him because he wasn't good enough. Second season, scored the most crucial goals you've seen. What, the Villa goal, the Grimsby goal, for example. Uh, the Stockport goal, no one talks about that, but the, that Stockport goal won, what, won us the game. And that was, I think that was a really kickstart to our season. I think Stockport was scoring two. Do you remember that win? Do you remember when it hit the back of the net? I wasn't, oh. I wasn't there. I was, oh. I was in, I was in a, I was in a, I was in a holiday home in like Devon, and it, and I just saw the net, the notification on my phone. Do, do you know what got me? I just me? started running, just started running past the whole holiday park, just screaming. Well, do you know, do you know what got me? I remember when, when that, when we won that. And obviously, we beat each other the week before, and I, I remember coming out and be like, we don't see last minute winners. We never see like we have that. We've seen them go against us for years. Like these are, we were, yeah. I remember coming out the ground going, oh my God, we've won a last bit. And then we did it the week, well, the week after we scored under and level earn. And that was, that was an amazing day. That was the first real win. You kind of went, wow, didn't you? It was superb. I, I, I love Pilgiani, but I just don't think that his style fits a lot of the top sides. I think like a lot of like your, your Boltons, your Oxfords, your Pompeys, they're people that like to come out from the back and pass about. Pidge isn't like that. He's a Brit defender for what he is, but he doesn't have, he has that like, limitations. We were talking about last week, weren't we, Ollie, about, Raggett and how he's a great defender, but he has, he's got mm. that limitations compared to like a Regan Paul, for example. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think Roberts just because his professionalism, he's brilliant. He's like those just sort of attack minded players. Reedy, he seems to now instead of being big goal Reedy, I had someone put it on Twitter about he's just called regular goal Reedy. The amount oh, of that's Gab Sutton. Yeah, yeah, I saw Gab Sutton. That I was like, I was like. We well, sort of is, was it? 11, 11 that's, an awful, that's an awful nickname, though. We were on his EFL debate last week, and he went to yeah. the because uh, uh, he went, uh, he asked a question, I went to go, and he went, Do you think we should change it now? And I was like, No, you ca- you cannot change. And he went, Regular goal. I went, You can't have, re- Gab, yeah. you cannot change. I mean, you heard Drackers on Saturday when he scored yeah. the goal, even Drackers went, Big goal reader. You can't yeah. change it, can you? It's a regular goal reader. I've been petitioning Drackers to start announcing goals more like that. The, oh, the example okay. I've been using for a long time is the uh, Napoli. Nate's influence. Love the Napoli, that, um, the Napoli announcer where he's like, you know, the, the, the <laughs> video that goes around is like, Gonzalo, Higuain. We don't have the crowds to do that. But for him to really give it a big goal yeah. reader. 
they yeah, finally yeah, did it, yeah, and, it yeah. was, and it and it and I noticed it and the crowd really yeah. reacted to it. It was great. That that um, Nate's influence, I love that because when he did I it, mean, we all went, "Come on, Randy!" Like that it was I've great. I've actually said it to him for ages, so I'll, I'll give him the I'll give he him the credit. I'll, I'll give him the credit, but I've been saying it for a while. We need to we need to do a bit. We do that bit up a bit. Um, my answer to that question, actually, I I'm dubious as whether Roberts or Reed would play at the level they are at the moment. Anywhere else in the league, anywhere else in League One, you know, there's undoubtedly there will be managers that will get, will get them playing well. You know, Reed's Reed's twenty. Like people saying, oh, people people are going to come in from in January. Mm. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to. He's twenty nine and he's got eighteen months of consistent goal scoring, sort of, you know, of form, if you like. He doesn't. He he's got no history of being a consistent goal scorer up until mm. this point. In eighteen mm. months, you'd have to be very fucking desperate to come and take a punt on a twenty-nine-year-old from a League One team who's only ever done it under one manager. Before yeah, Evans came, as much as I love the Blake, but before Mo Evans came in, I was like, "Well, we got this National League striker." Yeah, mm. he he just didn't do it, and 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 I feel bad saying it to a point because he's playing some unbelievable football. He also misses sitters left, right, and centre. Yeah. He should he should have twenty goals in the in League One by now. Yeah, frankly, off, after all the big chances he's got, he, there, there are a lot of one on ones where it's criminal that he hasn't scored. Yeah. He's scored the harder efforts. He scored half chances more than he scored big chances. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, I tried, tried and that was this. true of most. He was that was true of most of our forwards last season. I'd like mm. to point out as well. We yeah. missed an awful lot of very good opportunities. We just scored a lot of half chances. Yeah. I, um, I think I think there are two answers that could argue. I think could arguably go up to the championship and play for any club in the championship, and that's Van Kooten and Luther. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, that that was my point. I think the thing about Robertson Reed, and and that's what I meant. That they're great for us, but under different management. You just wouldn't know how they'd suit. That would be my concern of those players. They're, they're brilliant for us, unbelievable for us. They're great for Steve. They suit the style. Steve's obviously evidently improved uh, Jamie Reed and Masses of when Nate said when, when he first came in. But under different management, they might not be as effective. And I agree with that. I think if you're looking at Terence and Luther, who are already tapped up by Championship, they'd probably be your players that you that you would look at to play Championship. That would be my concern about Jordan. Look, they're, they're great players, fantastic footballers, but under different management, that could be very different. Do you see the, the, only, the only reason why Van Kooten is in the Championship already is because of his injury record. That's my opinion. The reason why is because he gets injured. He's been injured a lot of the time. That's the reason why, in my opinion, he's not in the championship at the moment. But yeah, because I know there were rumours for Coventry, both of them, wasn't there, last season? That's well, bad. it's... That it's, it's, to fruition, but... It's difficult, isn't it? I, I, look, obviously, Terence has, um, uh, you know, had some... Bad, well, say bad injuries, but annoying injuries, I call them, Yeah. Uh, over the six months. And that wouldn't have helped it at all. Um, but I certainly think, look, he's playing regularly now, isn't he? Um, and he's playing really well. So I think I think with Luther and Terence, I think we all know they'll eventually probably go and play there. I mean, who knows, they might do it with us. Uh, but they'll eventually go and do it eventually. Um, 
you know, so yeah, look, I, I, I think maybe, maybe Terence um, would have been tapped up a bit more if it wasn't for the injuries. But I think, I think they'll go on to eventually do it. Me, I think, I think probably Luther and Terence are the two that you'd probably look at and think that they've probably got more capability to going up the levels. I think when you look at the squad, yeah, they were definitely both the first. Oh, contracted, the aren't they? As well, you make a really good point, Ollie. They're contracted to get fees. People come. See, this is the beauty. You know, as Stevie's um, uh, supporters, you've only ever looked at the team for years, right? And you, you know, we can only ever offer you know one-year contracts because really the club hasn't got the money or the depth to do it. Plus, we've had such poor management in the past. There's no growth. But now we're able to give players two-year contracts and tie players down. And so, you know, if these teams come in for them, we get a bit of that money, which is you know Phil Wallace's you know massive concern when these players go, which is you know what we want. We don't want players going on a free and then they've cooped a massive player from us. So I think I think that's the real important thing for the clubs kind of growth in the finances down the line. Yeah, definitely. Well, right, gents, I have loved doing this uh, and could probably chat for another three hours, which is testament to the good feeling around the club these days. Um, but you probably is called it a day. Um, thanks so much to both Nate and Matt for taking the time out of busy schedule to join us. Cheers for having um, me, boys. It's been fun. Thanks cool. very much, chaps. Thanks, as always, to Owen for your insights. Thank you very much. It's been a, been a pleasure. It's been really fun today. So, yeah. Excited. For those of you who are not Stevie's fans, you'll be pleased to know that next week we are back to the usual format and a lot less fawning over Steve Evans. Um, as always, don't, don't forget to follow at Look Sports Media on your socials and please do drop a podcast review if you have time. Any and all feedback is all appreciated. Until next week, it is goodbye from us. Bye.